Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. For the last year, year and a half, protests in Alberta uh, and any sort of uh, activism in Alberta has been somewhat stunted by the presence of COVID-19. Now, there have been a few protests that have happened, some of them extremely illegally, but some of them have also been done in such a way that monitors and recognizes the restrictions that were in place. And we're very excited to be able to talk to someone who got started with their protest activity during the, the rise of COVID-19 and is taking it to the next level. Uh, so we're very excited to welcome Albert Knobs to the show. Albert, well, thank you so much for being willing to join us today. Thank you very much, Nate. Yeah, it's uh, been a very strange, I'd say about six months of my life. Um, the difficulty of being able to express our frustrations, especially in the last 12, 14, 16 months or so has been really limited. And we've certainly seen a lot of examples of bad actors who have chosen to try and wield a, bu a bully pulpit irresponsibly. You know, the mass uh, anti-mask rallies, people who are actually willing to put the uh, public health on the line for the sake of making their point. And I wanted to do things that were able to get the public talking and get people engaged without compromising anyone else's potential. So you said that you started this about six months ago, and I want to get into sort of the story of, of uh, Albert Knobs, the, the activist. But before we do that, uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about who Albert is um, before all of this? Yeah, sure, man. I mean, I'm uh, born and raised Edmontonian, you know, a classic depressed Alberta progressive. Uh, you know, I've spent a lot of my life very much politically engaged, but never have I really had many opportunities to think that I could actually make a difference. So uh, I spent the first half of the pandemic um, in pretty rough shape. I lost my business and things were, you know, not exactly ideal for me. Um, and then one day I was actually just gassing up my car and I ended up... Uh, with a few fists uh, to the side of my head on the on, on behalf of some anti-maskers at a local corner store. Um, they got away. We never actually ended up finding them, but I, uh, I received a concussion for the entire you know, ordeal. And at that point, I stopped really, I guess the term is giving a shit, and I just started talking and shouting sometimes and engaging with as many people as I possibly could because I was, I was just tired of not being able to do anything. And the fact that all of our discourse, anytime there was a vacuum of leadership, you would just see these bad actors stepping onto the scene and making a goddamn mess. And we felt like there was nothing we could do about it. We had no voice. So as time went on, I did more and more. I ended up chalking Adriana Lagrange's office the day after she put that stupid sign up. Um, she was dealing with families coming down and, and chalking the sidewalks outside of her uh, constituency office and uh, had decided that the police would actually be summoned next time. I'm still waiting on my citation. Uh, but that said, you know, I, I started to figure out what gets traction, what gets people talking. So I kept up. I did some more work on the legislature grounds when the public conversation was shifting more to, well, should we open up right now? You know, while our uh, healthcare workers were still struggling with the remainder of our pandemic, the people that we really should be supporting right now. That should be our moral imperative. So, you know, in active frustration, I went and I did a star for every single one of the deaths at the time. That was 2086. And again, it's just to get people talking. But, you know, it doesn't really seem to make much of a difference. One thing that I 
did feel might make a difference would be consistency. If you could have a presence there that's consistent, that's always um, in the face of, in, of government, that's, that's something that could really make a difference. That's why I ended up spending as much time as I did on the legislature grounds, whether it was where the MLAs would be coming in in the morning to right in the middle of the grounds where the public can interact with me. It was just about finding ways to help other people express their discontent while not compromising any lives or livelihoods, as some of us are want to say these days. So you mentioned the stars, which I thought when, I mean, when you did that, and I, 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 I saw the pictures of that, that was probably one of the more powerful, I would call it almost an installation, quite frankly, uh, that I've seen at the, the legislature. Uh, I mean, the penguins were, were cute and funny and, and lovely and all of that, but I think the, 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 stars, the stars for everybody who um, died because of COVID-19, I think that was incredibly powerful. Um, but you've done more than that, too. So you organized, and if I'm not mistaken, please tell me if I am, um, you got quite a bit of support for a, a, a sort of a sit-in thing. What, what was the deal with that? Well, that was right after Jason Kenney, uh, or Bumbles, as I like to call him, kicked the can down the road for uh, starting the legislature session. He was, I think you guys will remember, he was terrified of his own uh, caucus at the time, was concerned about a leadership vote. Meanwhile, we were having some really serious concerns when it came to the, uh, the virus and our response to it. We needed these guys to be doing their goddamn jobs. Um, so we kicked that can down the road two weeks. And we all know why it happened. And at that point, I, I just decided, well, you know what, let's, let's do something that will get more attention. So I went to the legislature grounds every day once the session started. And at first it was just a little bit of equipment and a comfortable chair and just sort of seeing how well I could rough it. Um, and it, you know, it got me talking to some of the MLAs that got a bit more attention. And the intention was actually to stay on the grounds uh, persistently for the entire session. Unfortunately, that put me on the receiving end of crown law. I attempted to get an exemption to allow me to stay on the grounds because the legislature grounds are guaranteed for protest 24 hours. But as soon as you sleep there, then you start running into crown property laws and they can arrest you. And they arrested me. I'd gotten fed up. I'd had my exemption re rejected four times. And Chris Skye came down and desecrated our legislature grounds a week after the man kept, tried to kill a cop. And at that point, I just I just threw my hands up in the air and decided to stay. They let me stay for the first night and the second time they arrested me. And at that point, public interest got much more substantial. People started throwing money at and resources at me. I ended up equipping myself with a whole new kit, a bigger stereo, a lot more battery power. And I came back a couple of days later with a brand new setup, banners designed by uh, some local artists and stuff like that. It was, it was awesome. It was really awesome. People couldn't be there necessarily. Still, a lot of people weren't vaccinated, but people were able to put resource and resources and boost my presence in some sense. Hell, I had a guy from Calgary send me Uber Eats for uh, for lunch one day. That was actually awesome. Was it good Uber Eats? Ah, yeah, actually, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was a club sandwich. At that, at that point, you know, I was almost heat stricken. So at, the, at that point, I would have taken gazpacho. Actually, I really <laughs> would have taken gazpacho. Anyways, it was. Uh, it was certainly uh, good for my conviction to know that not only was this something that I was doing, making myself feel better, but there were other people who 
felt that they were able to express that in some way by proxy, just by supporting this. And after that, I realized that there was a lot of outrage in Alberta that wasn't necessarily just focused on the UCP or our own provincial politics, but that's really all rooted in, in the same spot. Our bad discourse, the way we govern ourselves, the bad faith politics. And I thought there, there's at least a dozen groups, organized activist groups in Alberta, not even including the unions that have an invested interest in, this, in the future that, that we all want. And there's a lot of things they share and have in common. We think that our discourse is so polarized, but that's just because the idiots are way too loud. We might find that if we speak together, if we put our resources together, we are considerably louder. Okay, so that kind of that kind of segs us into the the next leg of your journey. Is the, the word that I'll call I guess it that's me. a really good term. It's <laughs> so been a trip, man. You've 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 done the 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 stars. You've done the the sit in, and now you're you're doing this new thing. What's this new thing that you're doing? Well, this has to do with the number of angry activist groups that we have in Alberta. Alberta has a really powerful history when it comes to activism. And I think we're starting to see the tip of that peaking uh, uh, from the water surface. There's a lot of anger out there and it needs to be channeled in responsible ways. Most groups will look at other groups that share similar interests and think, well, that's great, but how do we engage with these people? How do we get working together? So. Me and some friends decided we would incorporate a nonprofit with the express intention of doing just that. So the idea, it's called the Al Alberta Activist Collective. It's again, a nonprofit organization designed to augment existing activist groups and to equip them with communication systems and databases that will allow them to project their events, their causes into other activist groups. Now, how it works is it's actually pretty simple. A lot of businesses that you go to uh, will have what's called an SMS gateway. A lot of, you know, the medium to large size businesses. That's the thing that sends you text messages reminding you about deals or, or points or whatever. Um, that technology is new and it's just been getting better over time. So good that it's not too unreasonable for a guy like me to get his hands on one. And so long as I've got someone with the appropriate skills, which we do, it can be programmed to do all kinds of stuff like mass texting an entire colossal progressive database that we would assemble using multiple activist groups. Now, it's, it sounds like a small thing, but if you try to imagine if the nurses were a part of this and were suddenly able to mass text 10,000 people about a rally um, in their location, do you think that of those 10,000 people who are already politically engaged, at least 1,000 of them might show up? I think they would. That's what the uh, Activist Collective is designed to do. It's, a, it's designed to give any groups that decide to join and become a part of it access to that kind of platforming. And that's platforming that uses text. It doesn't require Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or any of the diaspora of different social media platforms that we have now. It's something that everybody can literally use. So uh, now, the, I guess the, the, the biggest question that I have out of the gates with that is, does this activists collective, are you trying to um, lead a narrative or create a narrative in regards to what, what should be done? Or are you just trying to amplify the, the efforts of these existing groups? Well, 
I suppose in some ways it's both. Uh, we would exist to uh, support activist groups that the collective itself through consensus agrees should be joining us. We're not necessarily gonna be able to give a voice to, you know, let's say white supremacists or, you know, the anti-science crowd or people who are genuinely violent. The point is to filter out that sort of toxic discourse and give a home to people whose ideals and interests are shared by the rest of the collective. So, um, shit, what was your question again? Well, it was, it was more just sort of like, how are you going to balance? Like Albert, Albert, Nall right, right, right. Yes. Has, so, has I mean, it's not, just, these it's, not just about, it's not just about what I want. I mean, obviously I have my own interests and I have ways that I think this problem should go, but that's not necessarily what this is about. I will participate. I'll always participate. I think that's something that I enjoy. But this is about giving equipment and exposure and support to already existing groups within the system and a way for them to talk to each other. In some cases, this will exist even without my, my direct involvement, especially once it's up and running. Now, one of the biggest questions that I know people are going to have out of the gates is which political party are you working with and, and how are you going to ensure that political parties don't get this data that you're going to be assembling. So I guess to start with, are you working with any existing political parties or organizations in assembling this infrastructure? Absolutely not. We are a nonpartisan organization from the get-go, and we will continue to be so. Now, how that will work, how we're going to separate out uh, political parties and, and that sort of activism from the nonpartisan style will be pretty simple. Anyone can join the collectivism, anybody but it doesn't give you access to the database. Only organizations that are able to join are the ones who will have any form of access to the information itself or access to the ability to send out uh, broadcasted messages to the, to the rest of the collective. So, you know, uh, a, a UCP or an NDP staffer couldn't join and suddenly have access to a whole new cache of information. No, they would have to not only be vetted, but uh, make it into the actual organizational structure of, uh, of the collective. And that's not something that we would permit. And we plan on putting in uh, releases just to ensure that such things don't happen. We don't want to um, deny the fact that we have very progressive interests, but political affiliation isn't something that's going to help. I'm a very strong proponent of independent progressivism. I think Alberta needs a lot of it right now to give the concept any form of legitimacy, especially considering these days people see orange, they tend to 50-50 go insane. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I guess one of the other one of the other questions that I, I, I find myself wanting to ask is one of the challenges that we've seen with activist collective efforts in the past has been that there tends to be uh, a lot of noise introduced to the signal, is how I'll say it. So I'll say I'll use Occupy Wall Street as an easy example. That was a, an effort that started as a a fairly singular message, but because you had dozens and dozens and dozens of different groups bringing different agendas and different messages to the table, uh, it, it got very confusing for people, not only outside of those efforts, but, but for a lot of people inside those efforts to understand what it was still about. So is this uh, collective designed to be different than the the occupy movement and that it's not a movement it's more of a toolkit or do you have any concerns about that sort of thing you know uh yes i do have concerns about that sort of thing when it comes to messaging uh, 
while we don't plan on being ourselves partisan or to have our own message specifically beyond you know the commentary that we're at this point so well known for so when it comes to our broadcast system it's not a spam service this isn't something that you're going to be getting multiple times a day the idea is this is only going to be notifying you about events it's not going to be notifying you about you know new concepts or hilarious memes although that would be funny maybe <laughs> once a week but it's not going to be for two-way communication either. It's just, hey, so you're in X postal code. There is an event that is within a certain distance of you. You're going to get a push notification about it. See you there. That's the start and the be that's the beginning and ending of the collective. Besides that, we have every intention of getting an actual physical location. We'll be able to offer things like studio space, printing supplies, office supplies, uh, in if I'm really lucky, even food processing, that sort of thing. I've got a lot of experience with that. And I know the water warriors would benefit quite substantially from uh, having facilities uh, in town that they would be able to use. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah, more tool than it is uh, itself an opinion, more tool than opinion. Okay. Um, so I guess the, the next obvious question uh, is, how do for activist groups that are interested in in this thing and i understand that you're still building the the infrastructure to support it and waiting for the the final approval for the nonprofit status but for people who are wanting to know more or for people who are wanting to become more involved what sort of opportunities exist and how do they how do they get a hold of you or get a hold of the collective well, right now, the best way is just to get a hold of me. You can send me any information uh, that you want, whether it is your skill sets or your interests, and you can send that to resistanceisawesome at gmail.com. But besides that, one of the best places is probably just my Twitter handle or the Alberta Activist Collective Twitter handle as well. A lot of the information is there. Right now, our website is not yet functional. We have our domains registered and we've got a really good designer, but it, nothing's up and running just yet. So right now, all that we're looking for is making friends and making money. That is the reality of life. We've raised a bit of money right now for our launch, and we've also got a merch store thanks to uh, Angry Dad Canada or uh, uh, Baller Gear, as he's sometimes known. They've managed to get some fundraising structure up and running for us. Besides that, our GoFundMe does have a complete account of exactly what the money's going to be used for and what our intentions are as an organization. But besides that, you'll find a lot of information just on our social media feeds, whether it's mine or Kirsten Bauer, who's also one of the directors of the project. And is this is this is where all of your energy is going to be going in the future? Or are there still going to be uh, the, the, the Albert style of, of, of protests and events that have become something of a fixture in the uh, uh, Alberta legislature scene? That's uh, definitely the plan. And I'm looking forward to October, uh, assuming the UCP makes it that far, but uh, we'll find out. Yes, 100%. Um, I'm throwing everything I've got at this. I put over, you know, I put a couple thousand dollars of my money on the line here with regards to this. I have ordered the hardware we need to get this thing running, and I'm preparing to pay some technicians to do some very high quality work. So this is going to occur, and I'm going to give it everything I possibly can, because I have never felt at any point in my life in this province more empowered to make changes, and I know that we need them desperately. And the only way we can do that is if we start working together. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about what it is that you're you're trying to do um, or what they can do in there? Because I know that, I mean, the Internet is a, is a wonderful thing and it makes us all feel both collected and often nauseous. Um, but uh, 
what what else can people do? Well, let's talk about organizations. Right now, we're looking for groups to join, um, whether it's individuals who just want to submit their information or entire organizations that would be interested in using the service. Uh, I am open to discussing any of those right now. In fact, I've been in conversation with a few organizations so far, uh, including the Water Warriors, for example, to get them formally aboard. So when the time comes and everything gets the green light and we get our rubber stamp and our website is online, you can join the party right away because I suspect we're going to have a very interesting August. Now, the, the other question that just occurred to me that I probably should ask as well, let's say that I have a, 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 an organization and I like to protest, um, I don't know, uh, something bad the UCP has done. Let's go with curriculum because that's an easy one. Um, but let's say that, that I have my own little, in my, my small town, uh, I have a, a group of five of us and we like to, to, to give our MLA a hard time about the, the curriculum that the UCP's put out. If I want to raise awareness for a, a protest that I'm doing, is there going to be any kind of fee or cost or anything like that to, to access your network and get that, that event amplified? Yeah, that's a very good question. We do plan on a fee structure. It's going to be really modest. We're talking the range of like 10 to $15 a year for individual membership. When it comes to organizations though, that can really depend. If you're, if you're a group who just needs help, there's a good chance you can just join for free. Um, the Water Warriors are a really good example. They'll just be coming aboard and we'll be offering probably a caveat to the donation of 10 or $15 or more to simply participating with one of the activist groups that we recognize. So we're gonna make sure that this is something that is accessible while simultaneously we're raising funds that will enable us to do more of the things that we do. The larger this thing gets, um, the bigger the war chest we can assemble, the better this can get. There's really no limit as to how far this thing can actually stretch. If we're lucky, you could end up with an office here in Edmonton, Calgary, or well, even Medicine Hat, depending on success. Okay, well, I hear, I hear they have a couple of uh, pretty progressive news outlets uh, and folks down in the Medicine Hat area, so I can see how it might, might potentially get a little bit of traction. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, is, is there anything else that you'd like people to know? Well, um, just that right now we're still trying to grapple with what what all we are able to offer and what the needs are of a lot of these activist communities. We can imagine a lot of things like having a kitchen service for food processing or having uh, chests for water freezing or studio space. We need, uh, we need crowdsourced ideas as well. If you actually just want to join the conversation, feel free to drop me uh, a message directly, whether it's on one of my social media feeds or by sending an email to resistanceisawesome at gmail.com. And you can just become a part of this. In the meantime, we have a few people who are directly headed in this project, but ultimately we expect there to be a fairly large structure. Okay. So Perfect. if you want to get involved directly, if you want to get involved indirectly, you can submit your information for the time being. You can submit a donation, order some merch, but it's going to be about, I'd say another two weeks or so before we're actually live and ready to get this thing done. But in okay. the meantime, yeah, we can keep busy. Do you have like a big launch planned? Are there going to be balloons or anything like that? Oh my God. No, one step at a time. Let's, uh, <laughs> no, man, it's going to be, uh, we'll probably have some kind of event at the legislature, but it's not necessarily about the collective itself. The collective is again, just a tool. What it okay. does 
is really what's going to matter. And the thing I'll celebrate is once we've got a database that's over 10,000 people, if we can pull that off, we can do anything. Well, I want to thank you very much for your for your time in, in, in chatting today. Uh, and as I mean, it's it's no small thing that you've tasked yourself with. Yeah, it's a lot of detail, more than I expected, but we could handle it. Yeah. Uh, the only other question that I have really is, uh, and it, it just pops into my head, so I'm going to throw it out there. Um, you you talked about how the one of the things that got you started was your interaction with the the anti-mask folks and there's there's no question that i mean at any given protest there's almost always counter protesters um and one of the things that i i have i've noticed a little bit of a side conversation starting to take place is that there's a lot of protest fatigue uh, there's a lot of people who get very concerned about uh, the effects of dealing with counter-protesters or just the, the amount of energy that's required to put together a protest. Is the collective going to have any sort of um, network for supports for people who are either feeling burnt out or frustrated or anything like that? Or That's Is that actually something I hadn't considered, Nate. And you're right, that's a really good idea. Um, I would definitely, definitely want to give some time and thought to how we can help people. Well, I don't want to use the word cope because the reality is our discourse in this province is, is toxic as hell. The, the concepts and words that we throw at each other these days are disgusting, not to mention no shortage of fists. Um, when it comes to burnout, I try to be proactive. I think that the more structure this thing has, the easier what we do will actually become. If you have a protest that's going to bring a thousand people out, it doesn't really matter if you have one or two assholes counter-protesting. They just get drowned out. The idea is to turn the idea is to turn the thing on its head. Right now, we have a small population who are very vocal, but we have a very large population that doesn't know how to how to say or where to say or when to say. But if you give them that tool. That one idiot with the sign isn't going to make a difference. Perfect. All right. At that point, activism can be just as much about catharsis as it is about changing things in this province. Yeah, well, that's a good. I think that's a that's a good sentiment to to end things on. Thank you again uh, for the work you're doing. Thank you for for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Nate. Thanks a lot, and thank you. And that's it for another episode of The Breakdown. As always, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here, we'd ask you to please consider to sign up to be one of our uh, Patreon supporters at our Patreon site at www.patreon.com slash thebreakdowneb. Uh, and if you... Uh, are listening to the audio version of this podcast, we'd also ask you to leave a rating and a review because that helps us get the podcast into the ears of more people. As always, we want to say a big thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Uh, and we also want to say thank you to everybody who is just listening to this episode today because it's, it's a privilege that you're choosing to spend your time listening to what we're trying to do here. So thank you.